Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck. Four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Player, coach, pain in the ass. He's done it all on the gridiron from South Bend to Arrowhead. From football on the radio, back to football, then more radio, then a little more football, and now radio again. It's Tim Grunhard on the program. Welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Let's talk some football with the best in the business. Tim Grunhardt, former Pro Bowl center for your Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Hall of Famer, life coach, football insider. He does it all. He's brought to you by our friends at Twin Peaks. If you're looking for a great spot to watch you some football, uh, Twin Peaks is the spot to do exactly that. Uh, the biggest Sunday in football is here this Sunday. Show up early. First 100 fans get a free square. And every fan walks away with a uh, free fried pickles uh, uh, appetizer. It's as good as it gets at Twin Peaks. Uh, go check it out. March Madness right around the corner with TVs everywhere. 29-degree draft beer, premium cocktails served over ice balls. Kay, you know all about that. Oh, yeah. Of course, that made-from-scratch menu and the most scenic views anywhere around Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, Scenic views, uh, Independence Olathe and in the Northland. It is your headquarters for all the big games. And of course, your fight headquarters as well. Boxing, MMA, if it's on, it's on at Twin Peaks, twinpeaksrestaurant.com. Timmy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. And yeah, what a great place to watch, uh, the Super Bowl at Twin Peaks. And it sounds like a good deal. You get a square, you get some free food and scenic views and hopefully watch the Kansas City Chiefs win another Super Bowl. And I am, you know, I remember back in the day, now, oh, Duran, oh, hang on. Do I need to get my rocking chair out, my blanket, and you uh, do because nice well, you tell us this, about back in the day. This includes you uh, back oh. when we used to do our radio row stuff together. Yeah, uh, you were working for another radio station at the time, and uh, I remember you were in the prime spot. I think they had you, me like you were too cheap to hire me, as I recall. But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that alone. Well, they, they put you in the prime spot, and I was right next to the bathrooms. So uh, maybe that was a good spot. Uh, that, that you know, was, knowing... back, back then, I did have a, a good friend who was fairly high up at, at the NFL that may have helped me uh, with my location on that one. That was Baltimore, right? Yeah, uh, that was Tampa? Baltimore. It, it was yeah, Ravens' giant Super Bowl, and we were down in Tampa, right? Yeah, well, I think we, we you and I crossed paths in Jacksonville one time, and I think oh, in yeah. New Orleans one time, too. So. Uh, yeah, those, those were fun days. And I know you're going down there again. Tell everybody, cause you know, I don't think people realize that you lived in Las Vegas for a while. Yeah, I did, uh, for three years, 96 to 99. Um, and when I was there, everyone, when I got there in 1996, everyone's like, Vegas sucks, man. It used to be everything. It was so great in the eighties. It was so great in the seventies. And I was like, whatever, Vegas is awesome. And when I left in 99, I was telling people, right, but you know, Vegas sucks, man. In '96, it was everything, man. It was like it it it, it gets bigger, and frankly, in my opinion, the bigger it gets, it does lose a lot of the charm. I, I you know, because it's become really an international destination now, which is great, and the events will be great, and they'll do a fantastic job. They know how to put on big events. It's what they. It's all they do. 
It's it's what their their product is. Come here, right? That's their product, and we will entertain you in every way possible. So it, I think it's going to be great. I think it'll be a, a regular on the rotation. I think they're going to knock it out of the ballpark. Um, you know, and and I think it was about five six years ago, alcohol passed gambling as their number one revenue producer. So it's become more about the party than it has been the gambling. Um, but And so they'll throw one hell of a party for sure. Well, I, they certainly know how to throw big parties in Vegas, and, and I'm sure the NFL will do that. And let's talk a little bit about the uh, kind of the stuff around the game real quick. Um, like? George, let's George Toma. Okay, I want to talk about George. It's the first time that George Toma has not been involved with working on the field and kind of being a ceremonial is basically the role he's had over the last, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years. But last year he took a lot of flack uh, for a guy that's kind of in a ceremonial position. Now, now, now listen, I am not uh, trying to downgrade at all George. I've known George for many, many years, and he's done a lot of great things, not only for the Kansas City Chiefs, but for high schools around Kansas City, uh, helping out, uh, you know, putting grass down and, and 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 really just being a great part of the sports scenes in Kansas City. But last year took a lot of flack. Uh, you know, people saying, "Well, you know, they hired a guy from Kansas City to come and work on this field, and the field was slick, and it was everybody slipping, and the Eagles, and the Eagles fans were all uh, up in arms about how the field was." Uh, very similar field uh, this week uh, now. Uh, George is not uh, there to take the arrows from the opposing fans. I am talking about – no, I'm talking about in Las Vegas in, for the game. Remember last year, George Toma, right. uh, when the Eagles and the, the, and the Chiefs were in it, George took a lot of flack because, uh, you know, in – what was it, Los Angeles? No, no, it was in Arizona. In Arizona last year – uh, you know, they, people were slipping and sliding, and they're like, well, there's a Chiefs guy that's in charge of it, and this George Toma guy, and you know, why do they have the Chiefs involved? And George is not doing it this year. So I just want to, uh, you know, I think it's uh, sad that, you know, he, he is not doing it for the first time, gosh, I think since the beginning of Super Bowls. But I'm also happy for him that he doesn't have to listen to all that crap uh, in case, you know, there is some slipping and sliding that goes on on the field, which is naturally going to happen, but he doesn't have to take it. So I, I feel bad that George is no longer involved with the NFL and setting up the Super Bowl fields, but I'm also kind of happy for him he doesn't have to put up with the yeah, crap sure. of taking arrows. What what about the uh, practice field, though? That is the topic. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. They put they – put, uh, turf down over the top of synthetic turf, and they did it yeah. just last week. It hasn't firmed up. They're, they're complaining about the softness. What does a soft practice field do? How much does it affect? You know, Kyle Shanahan said it doesn't. It's not a problem. It doesn't bother us. But people from the 49ers organization are complaining. Shocking! The wine yeah. and cheese crowd is whining. whining. But um, what, what does it do uh, if you've got a sloppy practice field? Well, you know, listen, it, practice fields are, you know, I mean, they've come a long way since back in my day. You now get your rocking chair and your, and, and your, your, your blankie out. But I met him back in my day, you know, gosh, we went out to Tokyo and practiced basically, uh, in a, you know, for a preseason game, 
uh, on a baseball field that, uh, you know, and even in, in Monterey, Mexico, both uh, there also, we just were in a public park. So, you know, practice fields are practice fields. You have to adjust. Now, listen, you, you don't want your players out there. You know, we talked about this in the beginning of the year with a lot of the injuries that are happening. A lot of these guys are so muscular and so strong and so, uh, you know, uh, so built that, um, you know, running routes, the explosion into those routes that, you know, a lot of times with ligaments and tendons just can't hold up, especially if, uh, if the grass and, and, and the turf isn't, isn't holding up the way it needs to. So it's obviously a concern. You don't want any of your players to get hurt, but the reality of the situation is that at this time of the year, guys aren't out there practicing full speed anyways. Right. And it, and you have last week to actually put the game plan in, like, right. how, how much, how much do they really Doing explosive movements. I mean, I, I would think that the second no practice of the Super Bowl is largely walkthrough-ish in what you're doing, right? Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't know about walkthroughs for, for practicing for Super Bowls, but I could guess that, uh, that you know, obviously uh, when you get into this week uh, of the Super Bowl, you got two weeks to prepare, that this is more of a walkthrough, more of a mental reps uh, like our coaches say, you got to learn by osmosis, uh, you know, learn by watching, learn by watching film, learn by, you know, studying your playbook and studying the plays and, and learn by, you know, walking through things and, and executing that way, uh, getting guys as, as healthy as they possibly can for the big game. So I, I doubt that there's a lot of physical, you know, explosions in the routes and, and nine on seven run drills going on out there in Las Vegas. Do you take their whining about the practice field coupled with uh, Nick Bosa saying the Chiefs tackles hold a lot? Are they already – is this a sign that they're scared? They're already. I, I think they're definitely in the head. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely in the head of the 49ers when the owner of the team in a press conference or in a press gaggle uh, says something about, well, I remember the holding call that Fisher didn't get called for. Uh, you know, Bosa making those comments and, and – yeah, you know what? Uh, listen, offensive tackles and offensive linemen hold on every play. Every play. Okay. Now, the difference is with technique of it, if a guy's getting away from your body, you got to either push him or let go. And that's when you get called. Or, you know, you got to get your hands inside. But every play, your job is to get your hands inside and to grab those numbers and to hang on as much as you possibly can. So a lot of times I think when people talk about holding and all those kind of things, it's almost a badge of honor for the offensive lineman. Now, listen, we don't want to have lead the league in holding calls and penalties like uh, Taylor does right now. But the reality is that uh, when every guy is going to hold, and when you hold, that means you're blocking. When you're blocking, the guys get frustrated. When guys get frustrated, they blame somebody else. So that's basically what's happening. Is there holding going on in the NFL? Absolutely. Uh, but that's been that way for the, as long as the NFL has been going on, and you have to be better. Uh, you have to be better than the officials. you got to be better than the guy in front of you. And you know, if the guy in front of you gets his hands inside and he's pushing on you and he's not letting go, that's technically holding. But the reality is that he's beating you with better technique and fundamentals and is a good position to block you. And a lot of times guys don't like that because they don't like to be held, Saran. They, they, they don't like to be blocked. They, they, they don't like, they don't like the idea that, you know, you can use your hands, but they, you know, you, you can't use your hands, but they can. You never had a defensive lineman turn to you during a game and go, hold me, Tim. Uh, no, I have not, but I, I've actually had guys, uh, in a game, Saran, which is kind of weird, is when you're blocking them, they're saying, hey, good block. That was a good block. You're bad. That's a good block. And I, I always just got frustrated with that because I think, what are they trying to do? Trying to get in my head here a little bit? Is this like reverse, uh, psychology? 
that, uh, you know, they're, they're, don't talk to me during a play or don't tell me how good I'm doing because I don't want to know that. Uh, so there are, there are times when guys will talk like that, but most of the time they're just bitching and moaning about holding calls and you're holding me and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that, I mean, that happens. You're going to see it this week. And, and then of course the 49er fans, if the Chiefs win, are going to blame the officials and how the officials want the, the, uh, the NFL wants the Chiefs to win and all that kind of yada, yada, yada crap. But I loved it. I read it somewhere. Maybe it was on the Action Network, which is a gambling side deal. And, and they said that, uh, you know, it's funny uh, that uh, people are saying that the uh, NFL wants the Chiefs to win, but yet they're not putting them the money where their mouth is uh, in, in their betting. So I, although I know I, I've heard that a lot of the bets are now skewed towards the Chiefs, but, you know, you would think all of them would be betting on the Chiefs if they NFL wants the Chiefs to win. That's an easy win. It's an easy bet, right? Who was the uh, off- the defensive lineman who talked to you the most? Uh, Jerry Ball. But Jerry Ball was the biggest ass of all time. So, uh, but yeah, he, he he would he would talk constantly throughout the game, and eventually I'm like Jerry. You know, I mean, you're huffing and puffing over there. If you'd stop talking, maybe you can catch your breath. Uh, but you know, Jerry was a big talker. You know, Howie Long was a big talker, but uh, you know, he he. Uh, I don't know. He, he was kind of like that 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 grandfatherly figure back when I was playing. I, I thought Howie Long was the best. So whenever he talked to me, I was like, Howie Long is talking to me. <laughs> this is this is awesome. He, he actually knows who the hell I am. So, uh, but Jerry Ball was basically the biggest trash talker. But Howie Long, I mean, he, he bitched more about being cut or being held just about every play. One of my favorite clips from NFL films was uh, this is a guy out on the edge, Chris Dolman. Uh, working, they were playing the, the Oilers, and Don Mags was playing left tackle for Houston, and Dolman was just having his way with him. And at one point, he just goes, "Max, Max," and the guy he sees him look up. He goes, "At this point, you got to be at least a little nervous." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just go calm. What do you think? Yeah. Um, sure. And then he smoked him again. <laughs> yeah. Just love that drawn out, uh, drawn out delivery. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I remember that one. That was that was that was fantastic. Max, uh, Max. Um, yeah. Listen. Um, you know, the, the, we'll see what Bosa has. I mean, Bosa better have a big game after talking that, right? Like we, the Bosas have made a lot of money and have had a few sacks, but really, what the hell have they ever done in the postseason? Yeah, really. I mean, one, so one, one they, there. Yeah, um, it, you know, if you look at listen, I, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs' offense and offensive line. This is a very, very good defensive front with Bosa, Armstead, Hargrove, and 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 Chase Young. I mean, that, that's pretty solid. And of course, Greenlaw and and and. Uh, Warner are excellent linebackers. A very, very good defense. Not sure if they're quite as good as uh, Baltimore, but they're right there with Baltimore. But I think that's a great confidence builder for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, going on the road last week as an underdog and and, and playing well up front against that against that that defense that most people thought was the best defense in the league and maybe a generational good defense. So, uh, you know, the 49ers are good uh, pass pro-wise. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to have to move their pocket a little bit. One of the things they did, I thought, against Baltimore, which is really interesting, I, I haven't seen them do this so much, but going back and watching the film a little bit and, and seeing them, especially in the early part of the game in the first couple of series, when they did move the ball well, they went to a lot of empty stuff. And, you know, why do you think they went to empty? Well, 
I think number one is they wanted to clean up and clear up the protections. When you go empty, you got three by two, uh, and the Chiefs took a, a, a running back and basically put him out at X or at Z, whatever you want to call it, out on the on the very edge, about the three side, and um, they basically had four or four and a half to five in the box. And when you're a, when you're an offensive line and you're going against a really good defensive line, you know you you want to know exactly who you have, what your assignment is, and be clear on how you're going to execute the pass protection. And when you know you, you maybe when you clog it up and you have a couple tight ends in, or maybe uh, you know you're two by two and you're tight formations, and there's all kinds of bodies in the box. A lot of times it's hard to tell exactly what your responsibility is or, you know, who you're going to have or who you're going to get. And when you're going against a great defensive line like they did last week and like they're going against this week, I think a good idea is to open them up a little bit. And the old adage, you don't want to get in a fist fight in a phone booth with a tough dude, is kind of the same thing here. You don't want to get in a fist fight in a phone booth with uh, with these four guys, so what you do is you, you you open it up a little bit, and you and you move the pocket a little bit, and you also just clear up the protection so the guys know who they have and how they're going to go about the protections that are called. And if you can do that, and you can keep Patrick Mahomes clean, I think you're going to have some good opportunities to make some plays. We're talking to Tim Grenard here in the program. We will take a break, come back. We'll talk more about Super Bowl 58, which you'll hear right here on your home for the National Football League. Kevin Harlan on the call, the best in the business, calling the best in the business. It's Super Bowl 58 right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Our coverage uh, here of Radio Row in Las Vegas, Nevada, is brought to you by our friends at Greenlight Dispensary, Hollywood Casino, Deep Pasquale Moore, Injury Attorneys, Car Truck, Motorcycle Wreck, Get the Money You Deserve. Mike's got this. And also by our friends at Low T Center. Do you know your numbers? <laughs> to get your levels checked, Low T Center. Reinf- hey, everybody. Joe Spiker, owner of Easton Roofing here. For almost 10 years, we've been a locally owned and operated family business. At Easton, we work on every job with one thing in mind. Integrity matters. I grew up in central Kansas and was raised on the values of respecting hard work. At Easton, we always make decisions based on the ethical, right thing for the customer. That's what integrity means to us. So if you have any questions about your roof, give me and my team a call. 913-257-5426. Easton Roofing. Integrity Matters. Betting men's health care. All right, the good sense. End of the hour answer. How many times has a team played both number one seeds in the same postseason? Chiefs will do it this year. Oh, number one seeds. Oh, boy. Uh, five or six? Sounds about right. The answer is five. Ah, there you go. Teams. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Grenard. This will be the sixth team. I'll list the five teams. Okay. This please. is in the last 20 years. 04 Pats, 05 Steelers, 07 Giants, 11 Giants, 20 bucks. Catch a trend there? They all won the Super Bowl. So the yeah, Chiefs are going to become the sixth straight team to play both number one seeds and win both games. Uh, there's no correlation to that, though. No. I mean, you're not the best other than team. You're, other than you're a good team and you maybe played a little uh, under your seed and, and you, you've, you're you hitting your stride, I guess. But Yeah. But you would think somewhere along the way, okay, you knocked off one in your conference, but you run into a, a different yeah. guy. I guess if you're good enough to knock off the number one, uh, it's definitely not a yeah. bad thing to achieve. It's a small enough sample size. Yeah, I don't know what it means. But uh, I love good trends like that. Those are good trends. 
Yeah. Have you heard the one that there's been uh, seven Super Bowls? Uh, by the way, good sense we just gave away there. Mm-hmm. You can get your good, good sense. Tonight, always a great trend at good sense, goodsensesubs.com. Slice the meats and cheeses right in front of you, picking that wonderful pillowy soft bread. Uh, you can smell it right when you walk in the door, especially on cool, crisp days. Uh, two, three times a day they do that. They've uh, been the best uh, for now 30 Five years. Happy birthday to Good Sense. Uh, celebrate by uh, going to GoodSenseSubs.com, putting in your order, and now low carb for you. Uh, keto diets and low carbs. Uh, get the uh, meatball side. Uh, it's just five bucks with the uh, wonderful signature marinara meatballs uh, with some Parmesan on it. You can go extra cheesy with some provolone. Uh, check it out right now. GoodSenseSubs.com. We're talking to uh, Tim Grunhard here in the uh, program. And what was I going to say? I started uh, uh, following up on. Uh, I honestly don't remember what the was from last segment. No, just now. I was going somewhere, and then I'm like, "Oh no, we got to give." You were going to say, "You were going to say happy anniversary to me." That's what you were going to do. Oh, is today your anniversary? Yeah, 31 years. Can you believe it? Sure, well, I made it. it. Looks like hell. So you know, <laughs> it's not 50 years, Tim. We're, Come on, we're not. We are somewhat surprised that. that I am too, to be brutally honest with you. <laughs> no, you're not. You're about as healthy a guy as there is for crying. Oh out. no, I, I'm not surprised I made it uh, uh, to this age. I'm surprised I made it 31 years uh, that Sarah didn't kick me out of the house. Yeah, that, that's I, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm surprised she didn't wise up and and say the opportunity she's had with it would have been well within her rights to do so. Yeah. So, Absolutely right. He's still there. You were talking about one seeds, I think. Playing two one seeds, maybe? No. That's where we began. No, I was going somewhere else. I don't know where the hell I was going. It, being over 50s. Hey, you're headed to Vegas, man. You're, your mind is on. You're going to the strip. You're going to be hanging out with some of your old buddies. You're going to be doing Radio I'm, Row again. They're going to be singing old. songs about you, Seren. They, yeah. They, I mean, you, you are a legend in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's not true, but – um being old and headed to Vegas means you're like, I don't know that I can go do that because I won't have a voice the next day. I'm not going to do that because I got to get up the next day. You pace yourself. Yeah, it is different going to work in Vegas and going to just hang out and play in Vegas. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, I will see friends for sure. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be fun. That, that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why A10 WHB stopped sending me out there because I couldn't figure out the difference between work and play. So that's why yeah. I don't go. Yeah. So uh, you know, that's why we keep <laughs> you under lock and key. You, uh, you do. An eye on you. It's funny um, this is true. Yeah, it is. Uh, how important is it? Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has been a big part of this equation. How important is it that he remains a big part of the offensive equation for the Chiefs to get a win? Yeah, it's huge. And and you know what? It's been huge the whole playoffs. And I think the Chiefs have learned a valuable lesson that, you know, you have to establish some sort of physicality in the run game in order to open other things up. Pacheco opened up Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey uh, has been uh, opened up a little bit with some of the coverages because of Rashid Rice. I mean, it's all tied together in an offense. And um, it, it just just watching the way Patrick Mahomes can orchestrate uh, and move coverages and, and manipulate defenses. Um, he needs uh, safeties and he needs linebackers to worry about both species of plays, both the run and the pass. If, if, if you, they're just worried about 
stopping the pass and they're not worried about stopping the run, then some of the things that he does isn't as effective uh, as we need him to be. Uh, just watching, we were talking a little bit about that empty formation stuff and 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 a three by one stuff, and 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 they're running a couple ends, and then they have a uh, they have their 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 basically their their third wide receiver to the to the three man side is he's running a man beater. If it's zone, then he doesn't get involved in the play. But if it's man, they got somewhere to go. And then on the other side, you have Travis Kelsey, and you have a wide receiver depending on who it is, Watson or Rice. You know, kind of running a little bit of rub rod or some crossing routes, uh, but none of that stuff works. Uh, unless you, the safeties are are worried about the run game, so Isaiah Pacheco, I, I listen. I I, I want to see. I want to see him. I think there was a stat I think that came out, and and I thought there's so many stats, so many things are popping out. Any if you watch any of the uh, the national shows right now, there's so many stats that are being thrown out, and so many different theories being thrown out. But I thought I saw a stat, something like when Pacheco runs the ball like 20 times in a game or something, the Chiefs have, are, you know, about 80 to 90% win rate or some craziness uh, stat like that. So that is really important because it slows down the rush. You can't be green all the time. And that's one of the things I think the Chiefs are going to take advantage of when it comes to this defensive line. Bosa, what does he want to do? He wants to get after the quarterback. Armstead, what does he want to do? He wants to get after the quarterback. Chase Young wants to get after the quarterback. They are very, very aggressive up front. Now, their linebackers are good, and their linebackers stay home, and their linebackers read well, and their linebackers don't get out of position, so they can make plays in the run game. But the defensive line, they're so far up the field, they're so aggressive that you can trap and you can gap and you can counter and you can power the hell out of these guys. So that's what I'm hoping they're going to do is they're going to be able to – because I think they can get some movement on Hargrove or Hargrave, and I think that they could cut that defense at that one technique and cut and, 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 and kick out the defensive ends as they rush up the field. I think you're going to see the Chiefs running a bunch of counter power and some trap stuff and, and, and moving our, their offensive line and getting them uh, up to the second level with some poles and some counters and some traps. And this matchup, Chiefs run offense against the Niners run defense, is one of those lessons in needing to dig a little deeper into the numbers and not just look at the fact that the Niners are in the NFL, they finished third in the league against the run. A lot of that was built up at the first uh, 10, 12, 13 weeks of the season. Since week 15, they're giving up 138 a game. And in the two playoff games, he gave up 5.3 yards per carry to the running backs, six more than six yards per carry to the two starting running backs, Aaron Jones and David Montgomery. So they're in a situation right now where running backs are beating them uh, pretty consistently. So this could be a game where uh, Isaiah Pacheco may be able to find some running room. And if that's the case, if he's clicking off five yards a carry, that's going to make that passing game a lot more dangerous. What was this ridiculousness? Uh, stat you were throwing out there about Pacheco yeah. and yeah something about Pacheco if he's over 50, over fifteen carries or something that they I don't know I, I thought you said twenty at first you know how many times in fifteen it, or twenty I don't know uh, I, I just, yeah, throw it up there we'll see maybe yeah. something sticks uh, yeah, that, yeah that that was just a kind of a side note to let you know that the Forty ers uh, defensive line uh, is more about getting after the quarterback. And trying to knock them down and, and, and pressure Mahomes and really particularly being gap sound, 
Um, and the Chiefs have done a really good job of running the ball of late, uh, especially between the tackles. Uh, I think all the three guys in the middle, and if, if Joe Tooney plays uh, this week, it's going to even be better, although I, I love the way Allegretti played. I thought Allegretti played tough. I played with a lot of juice. So, um, you know, basically what, what, what the Chiefs – really and truly are going to try to do is they're going to try to establish a little bit of a running game. I think they're going to move Patrick Mahomes a little bit in the pocket, uh, a little bit like they did last week, especially on a three-by-one. Uh, Travis Kelsey was kind of the one on the backside in that three-by-one, and he was a lot, a lot of times just doing that crossing pattern. So, you know, if the first combination on the on the three-by-one side is covered up or the safety comes up and, and tries to take away, whether it's the under or the slant or the out, uh, then, you know, Travis Kelsey running across the field, working his way to Patrick Mahomes, um, is a good option for him. And he feels comfortable throwing that, that ball a little bit across his body to Travis Kelsey. So, uh, on, um, on your Pacheco yeah. point, I looked it up. Yeah. Um, first of all, on 20 carries, mm-hmm. how many, how many times do you think he has, he has played 37 games as a Kansas City Chiefs? How many times? Uh, do you think Isaiah Pacheco has rushed the ball 20 times a morning? No idea. Well, guess, Tim. Play along. Uh, two. Two. Okay, Curtis? Four. Well, you looked it up. Yes. You can check. <laughs> See, who do you like now? The guy that didn't care about the question or the guy who cheated? Which one I don't is, like uh... either one of you, and I've made that clear for years. Because <laughs> um, I was looking at this for the same stat that you're looking for, and yeah. I figured out how many games it yeah. was and what their record was. Eddie, so how Eddie, many yeah, on the four games and 20 carries? Uh, how many wins they have? Four and oh, and two of them are in this postseason, right, yeah. against the Dolphins. Okay. 24 for 89, he averaged just 3.7 yards per attempt. And 24 for 68 against Baltimore, he averaged less than three yards, 2.8 yards per attempt. And this comes back to the the 100-yard rushers. Look at how they won. Well, usually you're when you're winning, you run the ball. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different in this case. But at 15, you know what they are at 15? Um, How many times he's carried the ball 15 times? 37 games in his career. How many times has he carried the ball 15 times? Uh, let's say 10. Uh, 19 times. Wow, okay, good. Right? Uh, and they have won 16 of them, uh, which is an 84. This is the stat I think you probably saw, an eight, 842. Uh, I, yeah, I mean. And, and so I think that is of note. But I, but I'll also say six. So some producer for ESPN told their talking head to say that, and um, and they were right. It's basically yes. and, and so, but my my point here though is that's about what their win percentage is all the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's like right. it sounds great, but but I do think in this case it is important, right? I I don't think they can be one dimensional against the 49ers. I don't think you can unleash Bosa and their defensive line against a Chiefs team that's got to throw it on every down. I, I, listen, I, I think that you mentioned the Ravens game, Tim, and I think that was that was a good point because we said going into that game, they got to win the turnovers and they got to play from in front. And I right. think that's the same thing. And because they did it, there is a little bit of me that think the fans have just decided, well, it's easy to do. Well, it wasn't all year. I mean, they still lost six games for a reason. They're still that team. Now they've gotten Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony off the field and, Kadarius Tony was there last night talking yeah. to people. You know, the, the NFL Network kiss-ass interview that they did was, I mean, ridiculous. Uh, but he was there, and I'm terrified they're going to actually put him on the field because I'm, I'm going to tell you one of the things that is part of their success is he has not been out there to screw things up. 
right? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm terrified they're going to actually play him like – Andy Reid is going to show us all. No, we had a vision for this guy. Never mind that he averages three yards a carry and six yards a catch. We're going to put him out there, and we're going to throw him the ball, and he's going to do something great because we want it to be true. I am terrified he's going to actually play a role in the offense. Well, I don't know if you I, – I take this a little personal because, listen, MVS throughout the year has really – I mean, he hasn't been – a game, uh, uh, you know, breaker for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he's been very average to poor, more towards the poor side. Now, in the playoffs, he's made some nice plays. He's made some nice catches, nice plays. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it, you know, they've been in key situations, so they've gotten a lot of pub and a lot of hype. But the reality is people are trying to let us know, well, you know, we told you so. We told you that MVS was going to, you know, be this guy. And, yeah, he's made some plays, and I'm glad he has, man. You know, you don't want to be that guy that, you know, obviously is a detriment to winning football games for your team. But he has been that throughout the regular season. I'm afraid that they're going to try and do the same thing with Kadarius Tony is like, listen, we told you so. So he makes a couple catches, and they, now they have a storyline on how they saved him and made him the oh, – yeah. And, you know, and, and what if it backfires? Which I'm with you. you know, I'm with it's you. probably going to backfire. I mean, listen, just, you know, we don't need these sideline stories. We let, Just go play the damn game the way you've gotten to the game. With Watson, uh, with, uh, you know, I guess MBS, uh, with uh, Rice, with, uh, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey, and, uh, you know, put Pacheco out in the slot every once in a while, move him around so you can see what the coverages are. So, you know, listen, don't, don't, don't try to build a storyline for, for us with, with, uh, Kadarius Tony. Just don't try and do it. Listen, I, I don't hate the guy. I just don't want to see him on the field. Yeah. I, I'm with you because he's not a good football player. I mean, I don't know what, not at this point. Say. I mean, he, he's got, he's got some nice athletic traits, but right now the, the difference between him and MBS, if I'm MBS, I'm pissed being lumped in with him because MBS can at least run a route. All Kadarius Tony really does is stand at the line of scrimmage and then turn around and wait for him to throw the ball immediately to him. That's the Kadarius Tony play. I'm open. And then then turn around and and run tough, although with the ball haphazardly flying around in the air. and If if he runs a drag route and the ball goes off his hands and gets picked (laughs) this game. Oh, I I, listen, I'm not kidding. If Kadarius Tony gives up a pick six or lines up offsides and costs them a, a touchdown, it, it, I, we will entertain the discussion of making a change at the head coach. I, you know really, I, I want to be clear. I want, I, want to, I want to be proactive and not reactive because I can't believe he's out there. He gave some song and dance last night about he was talking about the Giants. Yeah. Right? That's, and maybe he was. I don't know. I frankly don't care. Right, yeah. I can't believe he's there, and if he's out there, he is. The punt return was great last year. I guess I would listen if he just returns punts. I, I guess I would be like, I don't love it, but there's at least a track record there. There is no track record whatsoever. It's professional football. This is your window. You have Patrick Mahomes, and if you're not going to maximize the returns on having the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game, at least by how much he's how he's playing right now, if your sole focus 
is not to win everything and anything that you possibly can while he's here, then you've got to go. You have to go. These years cannot be squandered by this organization. And this opportunity cannot be squandered by this organization. It just can't happen. Okay, so I am terrified that they're going to run him out there on offense and we're going to see him running across the field or it's just I'll lose my mind. I, I really will. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you'll be the only one. Uh, Twitter will explode, or X, whatever you call it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would entertain the idea of him being the punt returner. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. All right, let's take a break. I went too long there. My bad. Uh, one more with Tim Grunhard, our football insider. He's brought to you by our friends at Twin Peaks. Great spot to get the fellows together, get over for a little happy hour tonight. 29-degree man-sized draft beers, uh, premium cocktails served over ice balls, a made-from-scratch menu. Go get you a hangover burger. Maybe it's uh, just an app and some cocktails. Uh, the fried pickles, my favorite. You know, you can get some of those. When you go watch the big game at Twin Peaks, uh, first hundred folks get a free square too. And that competition, uh, go to TwinPeaksRestaurant.com right now. Our coverage of Radio Row in Super Bowl or in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58 is brought to you by Deepa Squally Moore, Injury Attorneys, Hollywood Casino, Greenlight Dispensary, and the Low T Center. Fellas, you know your numbers. Low T Center makes it quick and easy. Find out in as little as 25 minutes. Just go to LowTCenter.com to get your levels checked. Hey everybody, Joe Spiker, owner of Easton Roofing here. For almost 10 years, we've been a locally owned and operated family business. At Easton, we work on every job with one thing in mind, integrity matters. I grew up in central Kansas and was raised on the values of respecting hard work. At Easton, we always make decisions based on the ethical, right thing for the customer. That's what integrity means to us. So if you have any questions about your roof, give me and my team a call, 913-257-5426. Easton Roofing, integrity matters. Today, Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We're talking Chiefs football. Super Bowl 58, you'll hear it here on the home of the National Football League. Kevin Harlan will kick your ass with his call of Super Bowl 58. He First might... father-daughter combination ever. Ever. Oh, great. That's Look, awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations to the Harlans. Uh, you know, that is, that is fantastic. I didn't know that. That's the first time I've heard that. I saw it this great. morning. I uh, can't wait to talk to Kevin about that uh, on Friday. Our coverage of Radio Row is uh, brought to you by Hollywood Casino, Greenlight Dispensary, uh, Deep Pasquale, more injury attorneys, and uh, the Low T Center. Guys, do you know your numbers? Low T Center makes it super easy. In about 25 minutes, you can find out if you're feeling tired, worn out, run down. If you're falling behind on that New Year's resolution to get in shape, not lifting like you used to, it could be low testosterone, the Low T Center. Makes it so easy. On-site lab means you get your answers in 25 minutes. It's concierge healthcare for men, Low T Center. Uh, find them online at lowtcenter.com. Reinventing men's healthcare. Uh, Tim, so how do you think this game plays out? What, what, what yeah, it? so I, I think that the chess match between Spags and Kyle Shanahan uh, is going to be the story of this whole game. Uh, Spags is going to have his flavor of the week, his blitz of the week. It's going to have something to do with four weak or four strong. So for everybody out there, four weak or four strong is dependent on the formation. They're going to bring, obviously, the two defense alignment to that side, and they're going to bring two more, whether that is the outside linebacker and inside linebacker or the outside linebacker and the safety or the inside linebacker in the corner. It just depends on uh, what the call is and, and what they're trying to get done. 
But their four-week four strong, I think, is going to be a nice blitz against them, and I think that's what you should look for. One of the things that the 49ers offensive line, and, and gosh, I, I know Aaron uh, Banks very, very well. Him and Colin were teammates, and they came in in the same class. Aaron, Aaron is a, a, a mauler, a big physical guy, a lot like Trent Williams. Now, Trent Williams is a little bit more athletic than than, than uh, Banksy, but uh, but they're both maulers. They, they both struggle a little bit with movement. So here, here's what I expect Staggs to do. First of all, I think you're going to see him dial up a bunch of blitzes against Purdy and see if he can handle it. Purdy's an inexperienced quarterback. I love him. I think he's a, 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 a great competitor. And I'm, you know, listen, I, I don't root for him against the Chiefs, but I root for him any other time. I, an Iowa State guy, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, you got to give him a lot of credit, but Spags is going to dial it up against him. I so, who will it be? Will it be the outside linebacker and 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 Tranquil? Will it be Tranquil and maybe McDuffie? Uh, but whatever it is, you're going to see movement. You're going to see slants. You're going to see stunts. And and Trent and and Banks they 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 struggle with that. They struggle with that movement. They struggle with slants. They struggle with 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 guys coming from from different uh, angles and different levels. So, I think you're going to see a little bit of that on the other side. You have, um, um, I think it's McKivitz and and uh, as a Buford, uh, both of those guys very athletic, but not as physical. So when they do run the ball, they're going to run the ball to the left, and we've seen that all year. Uh, so and they have to stop McCaffrey. McCaffrey is uh, a guy that you know. Listen, he's going to get the ball outside. He's going to he, he's going to he, he's going to pick pick you apart with the running game. So McCaffrey and Kittle and Samuel are guys are going to have to pay attention to. But I like Spags. I think they're going to get after the quarterback and and they're going to limit their offense. I, I believe with with bringing different pressures and different looks. So who are you picking? I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes until he is sitting next to me uh, at the ambassador meetings. Uh, so, which I hope is a long, long time from now. I think the Chiefs win this game. I think it's going to be lower scoring. I think it's going to be something like twenty-one seventeen, uh, maybe twenty-four twenty-one. Uh, but I, I think the Chiefs win this football game. I think the experience of Patrick Mahomes and Spags with big game defensive. Uh, game plans is going to limit what Purdy can do. You got to stop McCaffrey. You can't let Kittle and Samuel have any big plays. If you can do that, then you got a really good chance of having another parade in Kansas City. And, uh, gosh, just enjoy this ride because this is unbelievable having the Chiefs in the Super Bowl a fourth time in five years. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's an amazing run and we should, uh, we should certainly enjoy it. Uh, and it's why I, I get fired up when I, I think about them not focusing on getting the win. Right, like yeah. the win is, you know, that's why I get excited when they, I think of like, oh my god, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, make a wish foundation idea here. Well, we want them to do well, so we're gonna put them out there. No, no, the opportunity is here, and if they win, they go into next year with an opportunity to be the first team ever to win three Super Bowls in a row. Rarefied air just to win back to back. That opportunity is here, and I'll tell you what, I heard Travis Kelsey talking about it last night in the in the big media melee, and and he said. You know, I remember what it was to win back-to-back. It's it's an exclusive club, and we tried to do it in 20, and we didn't do it. And I loved hearing that. I loved hearing that they, they, he's found something that they have to correct. He's found, you know, we didn't get it done in 20. We got to get it done now. He has found a reason to be motivated that it's not just, yeah, this is what we do. He's got a reason that they want to come back and do what they didn't get done in 20. Because, frankly, in all likelihood, they'll never be in an opportunity to win back-to-back again. Yeah. But that's yeah, yeah. It, it, and, the Steelers did it twice, but it usually doesn't happen that way. So you got to use what you can today. 
No. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at 20, there was a lot of circumstances, took a lot of the juice out of that game with, with COVID and other situations with Andy Reid's family. Um, you know what? Let's, let's, let's make up for that and do it uh, this year and get two in a row. That's, that's huge. That, that puts you, like you said, in rarefied air. Timmy, you're rarefied air, my friend. Happy anniversary to you and uh, your lovely wife. Please tell her we said congratulations. And uh, let's talk about a Super Bowl win next Tuesday. Let's do it, guys. Have fun in Vegas. All right, what was significant about Percy Howard's touchdown catch for Dallas in Super Bowl X? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue.